This podcast is reserved for audiences 18 years and older. Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today we continue our talk with Mufasa Ali, founder and missionary of the Onyx Men of Color Leather Organization. In our first episode together, we speak thoroughly on Mufasa's origins and upbringing, as well as his spiritual journey and its connection to leather. In part two, we will be discussing more about Onyx, as well as Mufasa's leather and kink life. With that said, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. Onyx, um, you're the founder. Yes. So, how did that come about? Well, we were we ended up going to uh, Mid Atlantic Leather one year mm-hmm. um, in its early days, and uh, when it was still at the Washington Plaza Hotel uh, in DC, and we were going, we went to the big dance party, and my friend or kind of first boy uh, introduced me to some of the guys that he knew from Detroit. And they were other African black men. Mm-hmm. And they belonged to a club in Detroit called Icon. Icon Detroit. A leather club. And we're like, oh, these guys are great. They invited us up to Detroit for different events. Um, you know, things like that. Detroit's only four hours away from here. We can drive up there. You know, we can hang out. You know, at the I think the Detroit Eagle was open then. Uh, we can hang out and we can explore with uh-huh. these other folks, other black men. And the club itself, I think, was was founded by three black men um, in, in Detroit, Icon Detroit. And so after a while, we're like, well, why don't we join a club in Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we came back to Chicago and there were about 15 clubs at the time. It was the height of leather clubs. And we looked at each of the clubs and none of them spoke to us. Hmm. You know, like these clubs just don't fit us. And I said, well, why don't we start our own? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Not knowing anything about leather, traditional leather clubs or how to start one or whatever. But I said, well, why don't we ask the guys in Detroit what we, you know, how to do it? Mm-hmm. We said we also had become friends with some guys who were with Trident Chicago, um, another leather club in Chicago. And I said, well, at first I didn't even know any other men of color because I said I'm a my I'm a part of a fraternity, mm-hmm. a, an African American fraternity. And I said, well, should you know I, maybe I was tr- seeing that men of color didn't really have much of a say in the leather community or I was more acclimated to dating and playing with men of color. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, 
why don't we try to, and I was part of a men of color fraternity, uh, an African-American fraternity already. And I said, well, why don't, you know, we look at starting a club for men of color, mm-hmm. never just black men, but men of color in the okay. community. Um, because again, the cultural aspect comes into this with who we are as individuals, but also who we vibe with or who we can vibe with or who we choose to play with. And so I knew another guy that I asked to be a part of it. And my boy introduced me to two other guys in the community who were on the outskirts of the community, two other black men. And we sat down at my kitchen table and I brought the idea to them. And we sat there for a year and planned wow. <laughs> the club before we opened it up to, or, to membership because we didn't want to be discriminatory. So what sort of things did you like iron out over this year of preparation? Um, two of the men at the table or three of the men at the table had white partners. Hmm. Uh, and how would their partners feel with not being able to become a full member of this club? That was one of the big things mm-hmm. that we talked about. Another issue was that we wanted to have membership levels for all people to belong, um, but that full voting rights should sit with men of color because a number of us had been on boards uh, in the community, AIDS organizations, boards, and things of that nature. And it seemed that the men, people of color voices always got drowned out. Yeah. And people were getting tired of serving on these boards, but never being heard. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, you know, if we, the jo- running joke is that we talked about, it's like, well, if we want fried chicken at the banquet, at the uh, run banquet, we won't be out, we won't be outvoted. Right. <laughs> we can also have tofu and we can also have grilled chicken. Yeah. <laughs> but if we want fried chicken, it won't be, we won't be outvoted. I love I'm that. pretty sure of that. <laughs> right. We'll be inclusive. Right. of all of those things. And that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about being inclusive and understanding and being a cultural piece for us to talk about us as individuals in the community. Because I often, you know, had, when, when I go, even after that, I went when I went to flogging classes um, at CLAW or other places, um, because that's one of my impact plays, one of my big things. They never talked about the experience of flogging someone who has darker skin. Mm. That's different. Right. From flogging someone who is Caucasian or white or has lighter skin. That's very different. I mean, on, on lighter skin, you can see like where right. the scratches are exactly. happening. And... Exactly. Yeah. On darker skin, you can't. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to touch the skin, feel the heat, understand, you know, what your partner is going through and those types of things. Plus, you're flogging. Black people have been through slavery. Yeah. So, you know, dismantling that and separating that in headspace for the individual that you're playing with or understanding that that might be a trigger mm-hmm. for them. Um, so there were a number of things that we talked about at the table, but we wanted to make sure Icon and Trident Windy City were great at loaning us their bylaws so that we could construct our own bylaws. And we had membership levels a men of color could be full voting members. Anyone else could be an associate, male, female, any ethnicity, any race could be an associate. And the only thing that they could not 
do was have voting rights on the business of the organization. Now, how did the name come about? Who came up with the name? Um, we sat down at the table and we were throwing out different names and we came across Onyx, the stone, which is dark, but non-porous. And we felt that that was a formidable name for us, mm. you know, that, that we come as just like the Onyx stone comes. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool kick-ass name. So, but good choice. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and the first person that came as we were putting ads in the back of Gay Chicago magazine, uh-huh. because we didn't have the internet then, <laughs> yeah. in 95, uh, early 96, the first person that came to join after writing a letter to us, and I answered the letter back, and we were starting to have meetings at the new bar, the cell block in Boys Town. And uh, the first person that came to join is my husband. <laughs> oh, oh my God, that is so sweet. <laughs> I had lost my former husband uh, the year before to, to AIDS uh, in 95. And then Bill and I met in 96 when he came to join. And it's funny because he was dating one of the other founders of the organization. One of the other first board members. Oh my God. And I didn't know that. <laughs> and we met and he apologized to the other person and the rest is history. Oh my gosh. That is kind we've of. Been, we've been together ever since and we're all the best of friends. So. Oh my gosh. That is so sweet though. Wow. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so it's been around since 95. I mean, that's yes. how, what is that, like 20, 20 something years now? 25, 26 years. 26 maybe 26. Years. Yeah. What sort of, um, I mean, do you think that Onyx has remained the same over those years? Have we changed our perspective on some things? What's the growing like? The growing is interesting because people don't understand why we keep growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And we're attracting younger individuals uh, in their 20s because of the internet and because we're attracting individuals that now can go to our website and not have to go to a bar and not know anyone and say, oh, okay, these guys are having an event at a bar. I'm going to go and then hang out with them and meet them. And or we invite them to know that when we're going to be there because it is can be, you know, uh, intimidating intimidating to go into a bar and you don't see anybody else like you. Yeah. And that's what we were experiencing that there were people of color in leather, but you may go into a bar and there's only one other black man there, or there's only some, you know, another one other Latino there. And some people just don't feel right. Mm -hmm. You know? So if there's a group of us there having an event or that, you know, we're going to be there at this certain time rather than just dropping in, then you can come, you can talk. We have an issue, you know, with the black community and the Latino community thinking that leather BDSM is of the devil and of, you know, comes from our spiritual background Mm -hmm. and that it's only for white people. And that's not true. Yeah. We try to dispel all those myths by meeting people one-on-one, meeting them where they're at. We know that in order to join, let a join Onyx, Um, that you don't have to have any leather experience at all. Hmm. You just have to have a desire to learn. 
and go through the orientation, the pledging process, which is an orientation educational process, talking about the leather community, talking about black men in black, uh, the black presence in leather, uh, people of color in leather, talking about the history of people of color in leather, talking about your fetishes, learning how to do a demo, experiencing and meeting other people, vibing with your brothers. So that's what the pledge process is all about. Um, some people think that they're going to come and be thrown up against the wall, you know, yeah. when they come to an event or whatever. And it's like, no, if you ask, yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to ask, for, we have to talk about that first. I think something that really sets Onyx apart and, and I've never, um, I mean, my only experience with Onyx are the, the individuals who I've met who have come from Onyx and I, I don't know if it has to do with the pledge process or or what, but there's something unique about people that are coming from Onyx and how they share their experiences with others. It seems like, I don't know, whatever is going on over there in Onyx, <laughs> or you're, you're, you're pushing out really well-informed, educated, and passionate, I have to say passionate people that are like really connected with themselves mm -hmm. yeah you, you, if you ever i think the village concept comes into place here mm -hmm. because a lot of us growing up in church and a lot of us growing up in african-american families and latino families were had extended family mm -hmm. not that other people didn't but i think you know the village it takes a village to raise a child that type of thing that i have tons of people that i call aunt that are not blood relatives right um but our family. And just as leather families exist, um, I think Onyx itself has become a family. Hmm. And knowing that you have brothers in other cities as we have grown the chapters uh, across the United States, and knowing that when you travel, there's maybe some other people that you can hang out with. And that was kind of the thing, to, to create a network mm -hmm. of men of color so that when we went to these events, we wouldn't be the only ones there. Right. Um, and that somebody else, oh, I want to go, you know, and hang out at MAL. I want to go and hang out at CLAW, or I want to go hang out at, you know, IML. And that's why, how we developed the IML dance. Um, they said, Leatherman don't dance. We're people of color, and we do. <laughs> yeah. And so the leather, the, the, the leather dance at IML, which is still going on, was created. Uh, <laughs> So we created things that spoke to us. It's so funny that you say that, like, yes, we do. Because I remember one time I was at, well, I won't mention the names, but I was at a leather <laughs> bar. And, yes. And there was like these two guys that came up to me and they had some kick-ass like electronic music on. I really liked it. And I was kind of like right. dancing in my spot, you know, like, oh, yeah, right. I love this. And these big macho guys come up to me like, you know, like leather men don't gyrate. They don't dance in place. And I was like... <laughs> But um, I'm I'm here and I'm right. showing you that we do. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like I'm sorry exactly. that I'm having a good time and I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah, and I also founded the um, the people of people of color caucus uh -huh. at IML and at uh, Blackbeat, which was a which was a black pansexual kink event. Hmm. And I founded that because people, other men of color, didn't see other men of color play with each other often. And yeah. so what we would do is we would have an hour of discussion and then we would have an hour of demos, um, like maybe four or five demos going on at the same time. 
of men of color playing with other men of color. And it's more prevalent now mm -hmm. than it was then. So we just do the discussion piece at the uh, People of Color Caucuses at IML um, and other places. And it's grown to other places uh, that will have a People of Color Caucus just to bring people of color together to talk about their own issues in the community uh, and, and what that looks like for them. After 26 years, um, mm -hmm. where do you see the future of Onyx? Still growing mm -hmm. into new chapters. Um, new people are always coming and going. Some people are going to stay with Onyx um, for a long period of time. Some people, it's a portion of their life or a pass-through in their life. Uh, and they're going to come, be a member for five years or two years, and they're going to move on. So we always have to keep the door open, and we're always finding new people who are interested, or new people are finding us, let me put it that way, mm -hmm. who are interested in exploring their sexuality um, and expanding their sexuality. And, you know, we say, well, you don't have to join us, but you can come and be educated, and you can come and to our events and enjoy the brotherhood or the camaraderie um, or the events without even being a member. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're open to that. We're open to creating family or creating spaces that we can be in and, help, you know, and educating others along the way. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about your, I know you mentioned earlier in the episode um, that you have some leather titles, Mr. World Leather. Is that right? Yes. I was the Onyx Leather Man 97 and okay. uh, participated in IML. And okay. that title was only around for like two years. And it was when it was when you could nominate a person from your club to represent your club or your mm. business. Um, you didn't have to have a, a contest, I which see. you do now okay. um, have to have a contest. And that's how I founded the Leather Man of Color contest. Jack. Yay, Jack. Oh, yeah, that's IML. right. So Jack got yes, Thompson. was my contestant. Yes, was my Leather Man of Color. Okay, so there's no Onyx title, but the Leatherman of Colors, the, the contest that's that you my, formed. That's my own title, yes. Got I it. own that. I own that title. Okay. Um, but back in 97, again, a year after, well, year or two after we were formed, uh, we went to IML, I think in 96. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see one man of color on the stage. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because, you know, we're there in, here in Chicago, and so we go to IML, and, you know, and we didn't see a representation right. that year. We also had gone to the year before Northbound Leather in Toronto had a, uh, a they used to do a fashion show each year. And at the fashion show, they would have a DJ. And after the fashion show was over, you'd dance, whatever. Mm -hmm. So the next year... I think they didn't have the fashion show or they had the fashion show, but not a DJ. It was weird. And it's like, that's how our dance the next year came about. Cause we're like, we got to do something. I see. <laughs> and we asked for a room and they got the dance. And also we didn't see any representation on the stage. Um, and I said, well, if I, I was Mr. Um, I entered Mr. Cellblock leather that year. Uh, or I think the year before in 95, I just on a whim entered cell block leather mm -hmm. um, or 96 and no one knew. I just did it. I didn't know anything. 
I just did it because I just did it. <laughs> wait, I don't wait, know wait, what wait, came. Wait. I mean, the so, bar was around the corner from my house. So, so you're just like, oh, let's just run for a leather title like one day. Right. I, I didn't know anything. <laughs> okay. And so I came in, I think, second runner up or something like that. Okay. And then after we formed the club, I entered Mr. Chicago Leather, got first runner up. My husband was livid. <laughs> yeah. Because I wasn't really a known entity in the community and someone who was more well-known in the community or known by people in the community won the title. Mm-hmm. Fine. Um, then I entered Mr. Cellblock Leather, uh, got first runner-up in Cellblock Leather. Um, I think I, I entered Mr. I think I entered the American Leather Man okay. uh, that year. Um, I also entered Mr. Mid-Atlantic Leather. My God. Okay, so you've had your run of title like competitions. Then. Well, yeah, that year, and then I like was ended up like first or second runner up in all of them, and so I asked the club to sponsor me uh-huh. to IML that year, and the club said that they would. We just had you know the Chicago chapter. They said that they would sponsor me, and so I became the Onyx Leatherman, uh, '97, and went to IML. Again, we figured, I'm figuring that if we have someone representing from the club, we'll always have a band of color on the stage, mm-hmm. whether they do well or not, you know, but we'll have representation. That's my whole thing was representation. So is and, that why it was important for you to run for all of these different contests? Because you wanted to see representation up there? Well, or? I, you know, I, I wanted to get a feel mm-hmm. for the contests and different people and understanding what went into the contests and those types of things um, before even just tackling tackling IML because I really didn't know that much about running at IML. (laughs) But I just dove in head first. Luckily, one of the, Joe Morris, a great man who was Mr. I think he was Mid-Atlantic Leather. I can't remember if he was Mid-Atlantic Leather or DC Eagle the year before. We met at MAL. When I was running for that title, we met and he took a liking to me. And lo and behold, like the next few weeks, I get this package in the mail. And I'm like, what is this? You know, it was basically all the background information, leather history and background information that I needed to run for I, for IML. Hmm. So who made the leather flag? You know, who did this? Who did that? Who was this person in the leather community? Um, all things that I had no mentorship about. Mm-hmm. And that was a godsend. Wow. And so I was able to go through the interview. At IML, I came out of the interview, number one. Wow. Um, and on stage... I ended up somewhere. I think I ended finished ninth that year, but I was in the top twenty. Wow! Um, and that was our first representation on stage at IML. And the next per year, another guy took over the title. Um, a Bonix leather man was granted the title, but he chose, due to his body image, not to run. He didn't want to get up on the stage at IML. Okay. And so that was another thing that we started to combat within Onyx, you know, and to try to get people more comfortable with their bodies. 
No, um, like this was like a like he wasn't comfortable with like how fit he was kind of thing. He or? was right, exactly. Okay. He was more of a bear. Okay. Um and again, that shouldn't stop one from being an IML, but I think the body beautiful image It's intimidating. Is intimidating and yeah. was still kind of there. And so he chose chose not to enter. So I just went ahead and entered again. Mm-hmm. You know, just to have again, not figuring that I was not going to win, but just to have a presence because right. no one else wanted to enter. We then started, you know, to Ebony Leather came back around. Kane Berlinger bought that title from someone in California, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Ebony Leather went to, directly to IML. So that was around for the next few years. So there was representation um, on the stage. And then Mr. Ebony Leather wasn't being produced any longer. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we still need representation on the stage. And so that's when I founded in 2005, the Leather Men of Color contest, so that someone could represent men of color on the stage. Right around that same time, Ms. World Leather, who was run by Jill Carter and by Johnson, or basically Jill Carter, was around. And it was Ms. World Leather from like 2000 to 2006. Mm-hmm. And then they added in 2006, they added Mr. World Leather. And that title was all about community service. Hmm. Um, it had no jockstrap competition. It was all about community service. We had to do a PowerPoint presentation on a platform. My platform was gay adoption because we had adopted our first son. Okay. Uh, first two sons by then. So it was gay adoption, and I had to do a table, a presentation table of resource, a resource table. I had to do a press conference. I had to do a, uh, a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation on the subject and on the topic. I had to put together a resource guide on the topic wow. <laughs> and uh, ended up winning that title. It was, and then it was Mrs. World and Mr. World was discontinued the next year or two years later. I held it for two years. Okay. Um, we're trying to bring it back. Goddess Lakshmi is trying to bring back the title as the Leather Warrior. And uh, it will be a non-binary title. Anyone can enter. It will just be one winner. We tried to do it, uh, but COVID set in. And yeah. so we'll see where that goes coming, coming back in the future. But we wanted to bring that type of community service title back. And so uh, we're working on that. She's the, the, the lead on that, and uh, I'm working with her. I instituted the Leather Woman of Color contest a few years ago, but that's on hiatus right now. But we'll, we still do have a Leather Man of Color contest. Now, I'm curious about your thoughts on the significance today of having leather titles, period, like in general, because this has been topic of discussion a lot on some of our leather talks recently, um, where some guests have express that like we don't need a leather title other people say it's important where do you stand with that well i think it's important for representation and each title is going to be different we can't put them all in one basket Mm -hmm. a bar title to me is different than a community title right so all the titles are different basically what they represent and what the producers are asking of the title holder and so I think they serve a purpose, a community purpose. 
someone being a promoter for their bar or of their business or their area of the country or their campground or, you know, all of those different things, I think needs representation in some way, shape or form, just to let people know that they're out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect the same thing from, I don't expect them to necessarily have to be a leader in the community. Okay. <laughs> That's what I think the expectation is Yeah. For from a lot of people that this person needs to know how to talk, needs to know how to present, needs to know how to do all these things. Some people just know how to smile and be hospitable mm -hmm. <laughs> and look pretty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's important too. <laughs> You know, I, um, I mean, I love your honesty about this because, I mean, this has been, uh, this is my first title. I, I have, you know, Mr. Bullet Leather. Congratulations. Thanks. And I'm like, I didn't realize there was like all these expectations because like the, the whole premise of like, it's a bar title, right? So it's like, yes. we're meant to be sort of like walking advertisement for the bar and to exactly. bring people to the bar. And like, exactly. but then all these other people start projecting onto me like, oh, well, as a title holder, you, you should do this. You should, I hate it when people should me. I, I don't like shooting people. I don't should right. anybody, but I'm just like, well, since when am I supposed to be like this leather expert philanthropist? And like, I, I, I'm representing my little bar in North Hollywood. Like, yes, um, exactly. There's a time and like, there's a place for it, for it. Right. Like, I don't think every title holder, in my opinion, needs to be out there to save the world. I mean, it's a great thing to have a platform and to utilize that platform. But when everyone right. starts expecting everything from you, it's like, okay, like what, where, where do like why? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that and that's the key. You know, it, it's. I'm like, I don't expect. You know, it's a bar title. It's yeah. where they're representing the bar. They're representing the name. The name gets out there. You know, the name gets on the stage at IML. Um, they do what the producers want them to do uh -huh. or expect of them um, to come host parties, to be on some advertisements, maybe. Um, to promote the, the, the title. Um, and it's just kind of like, like Miss Gladiola. Miss Gladiola promotes the Gladiola industry or whatever, yeah, you know, I right. mean, you know, uh, shows up at Gladiola pageants or shows up at Gladiola, you know, uh -huh. events. Um, you know, and I, I don't take it, you know, some people have a platform that they need to stand on and other titles don't. And I think it's more, it should be fun, representative of the community, um, different shapes, different sizes, different ethnicities, different. We're all, you know, in this community together. And so right. um, very, you know, it's not all body beautiful. Some, oh, a friend of mine, I was working at the um, volunteering, volunteer every year at IML mm -hmm. and was working uh, at the contestant store, the contestants were coming for their uh, pre-check-in, um, pre-registration, and I said, "Hey, well, you know, come meet me at the door. Then we'll go have a drink afterwards, because um, I'm on the door to where they're coming in to fill out their forms and and all that sort of stuff and get their badges." Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Oh, great! Ooh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah! I get to see the contestants." And so he came. And he's like, well, where are the contestants? I said, well, there's, there's some right there. There's some over there. There's some over here. 
because he thought they were all going to be Tom of Finland body type. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, there, there's a variety yeah. um, of people and, you know, they're representing real people. And so he was like poorly upset. Well, you know, it's, I, I think that's like goes towards your like, you've been expressing like through the whole talk about your title journey about like representation. And I, I, like, I think like whether or not you have a platform, whether or not it's a bar title or whatever it is, just the visibility of having somebody up there that looks like you or somebody that isn't always the Tom and Finland or the super fit guy is so powerful. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's, that's it, you know? And, and that's, and the fact that, you know, only there had only been two uh, men of color, or well, two black men. Uh-huh. Um, I know there had been a Latino or two in there uh, who had won the title. Yeah. You know, in the early years, I mean, until 2014 when we had a, an Onyx member win. And actually, the three men of color, the three black men who have won since 2014 have all been Onyx members. Wow. <laughs> You're dominating. <laughs> We're dominating. And so, but we also get when people see any black person at IML, they're like, oh, congratulations. It's like they're not necessarily a part of Onyx right. just because they're black. Right. So we do get that. I mean, but, but that, that is kind of, though, a testament to like how far your outreach has gone, like to, to the community. Yes. And... I mean, we're, we're grateful of that. And we do presentations at colleges and we do presentations uh, online and we have now virtual bar nights and, you know, we're still growing and uh, we have nine chapters now and who knew? Yeah. Wow. That is so exciting. Well, we have about 10 minutes left in our talk today and I do want to um, get a little dirty. Can we? Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, so I can't help but notice uh, from us talking earlier some of your kinks, and you talked a little bit about hypnotism. What's the deal um, with that? I I was uh, able to get my consulting hypnotist license certificate um, certification uh, last year, and my mentor and teacher does both hypnotherapy he's in the kink community and so he's both a hypnotherapist uh and also a kink hypnotist and so kind of sending people into places and spaces where they would not normally go but want to go Mm -hmm. so you too can have a gangbang or you too can be gangbanged or you too can experience Uh (laughs) different things without leaving your chair huh wow but um but experience it uh, through the art of hypnotism, which is great, or be paddled or be, you know, in, in that way without actually being there. Now, since so, you've gotten this certification, have you had the opportunity yet to play with this in a kinky way? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> a little bit uh, with my boys. So a little bit. Um, and and uh, just kind of putting my shingle out there for, for more. Okay. Um, but I know on... Uh, my mentor is connected to FetLife, and I'm not normally on FetLife, but all the many of the women in my life in leather are like, "Are you on FetLife? Are you on FetLife?" And yeah. I'm like, 
not many gay men are on FetLife. You know, but... I have one, but nobody ever reaches out to me on there. So I have a recon. Exactly. Like... Right. I have uh, I have the FetLife page. And so when I do a lot of the pansexual events, that's how people get to me or reach me um, through FetLife. But I'm not on there often. But I am doing a munch that you have to reserve through FetLife uh, next month doing a presentation or this month actually next week okay so uh but yeah so that's fun um i'm heavily into impact play mm-hmm. i love flogging love spanking love uh, body drumming body drumming what is that body drumming which is great to music oh, uh, okay. you have mallet mallets like you know xylophone mallets um different rubber balled mallets different weights, different things, mm-hmm. person on a massage table or on the cross, on the St. Andrew's cross and using both hands, drumming their body to the music, uh, and the beat and doing impact play, love water sports, love. Um, what else, what else is there? There's a number <laughs> of things. Uh, mummification. Okay. Uh, that's cool. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so there are a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that I do. Do you have any uh, memorable kinky stories you could share with us? Um, well, there was one that I was bought at a at an auction at a dungeon at an event. Cool. <laughs> to play with someone, so I wasn't technically bought, but my skills were bought. I see. And people gang people put their monies together too. <laughs> <laughs> put their monies together to uh to buy to buy my skills uh as a uh, impact play skills okay. um, spanking scene so did a spanking scene uh at that event through the weekend which was uh, a lot of fun doing in the uh at claw one year in the bathhouse uh-huh. uh because they do have parties in the bathhouse now oh um, nice. Uh, my boy and I kind of got him over a sling and was kind of doing impact play with him. And he didn't realize that he could let it all out or yell and scream and shout. And that was kind of fun. There was a wow. great audience that kind of <laughs> he didn't know was there until after it was over. Um, so there are different things like that. Uh, my boy, I was playing with another mistress's boy. Uh-huh. And he was former army and knows Taekwondo and all this sort of stuff and felt that I couldn't break him. He was kind of broken. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And in the midst of it, my, my alpha boy, um, who's a trans man, uh-huh. uh, he knew that the music wasn't to my liking in the dungeon. Uh-huh. And there wasn't, there weren't that many people playing in the dungeon at the time. So he asked the dungeon master, could he change the music? Because he knew I had house music and R&B music on my phone. And so he changed the track. He changed the music in the dungeon. And another, two other women who were playing uh, on the other side of the dungeon, they're like, I, I kept peering out of the corner of my eye and I wanted to be over there. <laughs> and they were trying to do their own scene on the other side of the dungeon. So it's things like that that are quirky and fun and that, you know, kind of make the play what it is. So now for people uh, just coming into kink and leather or maybe even just hearing about Onyx for the first time, what would your advice be for new people coming into the community? Read, (laughs) read, try to find 
a mentor or some people that you can talk to to glean information because there's going to be different information mm-hmm. coming out of different people and from different places. Um, but to read different books, Leather Sex is a great book, a great primer that we have everyone in Onyx read. We have a book list of books that new incoming people read, do read. Leather Sex uh, is, is one of the main ones uh, that I mm-hmm. think that people should read um, and get an idea. I have a primer for men of color in leather that, people, that was written by a group of guys in New York in the 90s. The HIV information doesn't apply now, but the information about being a man of color in leather. Mm-hmm. Kane Berlinger has uh, some books out about men of color in leather, but I think that you should educate yourself. And it's much easier now with the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, educate yourself, but also get some practical education from trying to connect with people or talk with people, just having coffee with people. It mm-hmm. doesn't always have to be play, but it should. you want to grow yourself with the things that you're interested in. And you may not know what you're interested in mm-hmm. or not. You may try a few things that, oh, yes, that'll stay in my, you know, stay with me, but some other things, no. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's what people need to do. They need to educate themselves and put down all preconceived notions. Now, how can we stay connected with you? How can we find out more about Onyx? You can find out more about Onyx at onyxmen.com. That is our website. Um, You can go there and you can get connected to any of the chapters in the country. All of them are listed there. You can get in touch with me. The best way is on the Book of Face, on Facebook. The Book of Face. (laughs) Yes, uh, under Mufasa Ali and Facebook Messenger. I'm also on uh, FetLife as Black Lion. B L K L I O N. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm on Instagram and Black Lion Onyx, B L K L I O N Onyx, O N Y X, on Instagram and Twitter, the same uh, name in both of those places. And so, but most often, you, I have a page, uh, a fan page on Mufasa Ali on uh, Facebook, as well as uh, a regular page there. And you can also Black Lion Hypnosis is going to be my kink hypnosis page. Ah, Uh, And that's also on Facebook. You can find that there. Awesome. And I'll make Um, sure to put links to all of that on the um, description below. Before we go, do you have any last words for our audience? um, Education is key. uh, And being yourself. We're all different. We all come from different places. But being yourself is the most genuine thing you can do. And find people and find a family that understands you. Um, and that you can grow with. And that's uh, the the key, I think, to community. Thank you so much, Mufasa Ali, for coming on the show. And before we go, you guys, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The LELC Cares and Boulevard Pantry are some ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening. And as always, this is Mufasa Ali urging you to stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, stay kinky.